Coast and Bowl of the Border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and Stitcher. Also, find us on iHeartRadio and 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. We've got our first guest here in hour number one, 21 minutes after the hour. We have the fantastic Andrew Langer with us today. Uh, also still to come today, we've got Homer Hickam. He's going to be with us as well. Um, Andrew has been the president of the Institute for Liberty, the IFL. Works on a variety of issues, promoting and protecting small business, uh, linking trade and prosperity. And he's with us today here on the telephone. In this first t- first segment here, Andrew, let, let, let's talk a little bit about Uncle Sam. Uh, basically, they're about to compromise your financial security with some more big government. Tell us a little bit about uh, this. This whole topic here, my friend. Well, it's, it's fairly straightforward. We know that over the last 15 years, uh, incidents of identity theft and credit card information theft uh, have been growing. Uh, and the general vulnerability has always been and remains uh, the large databases of financial information that big companies keep uh, of consumer financial info. Uh, the problem is that a few years back, uh, Europe introduced a new kind of credit card, uh, and the European credit card companies introduced this new kind of credit card with an embedded chip as a way of defeating identity theft, and they pushed to have those kinds of uh, cards mandated here in the United States. Uh, the problem is uh, they didn't do a, a darn thing in Europe to reduce identity theft or, or credit card fraud or credit card uh, theft, um, and in fact those incidents increased. And yet here we are introducing it here, uh, not fixing the real problems that are out there, and are shifting almost all of the burden uh, of, of, of uh, compliance onto America's smallest businesses. We've got Andrew Langer with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. He's the president of the Institute for Liberty. And uh, Washington's big new scheme to rip you off is what we're talking about in this first segment here in our broadcast. Um the target of the big box stores. Tell us a little bit about this and uh, some some of these some of these kiosk computers, some of these different things that that, that, that I'm seeing all over the place. Uh, t- tell tell us uh, t- give us some news on these. Well, it's really straightforward. So what has happened is that with the introduction of these new kinds of cards, uh, the big box stores uh, have always had uh, uh, basically your swipe readers at uh, checkout. Uh, they can handle the new equipment. So Target and Walmart have, and, and Home Depot have introduced these new uh, scanners that essentially you insert your credit card into them uh, and they read your data. The problem is with these chip cards is that they can be much more easily read remotely, um, uh, unlike your traditional magnetic strip credit cards. And so it puts, it puts our credit card information at greater vulnerability. And then, of course, there's the equipment cost. You know, the big box retailers can handle the cost of installing this new equipment, uh, and thus they're able to mandate it at the federal level. Uh, but America's smallest businesses, uh, especially businesses that have relied on using those square readers, uh, and I know you know about the square reader. It's yep, revolutionized yep. entrepreneurship in America. Well, those square readers are going to become obsolete, and of course, anybody who wants to take credit cards remotely is going to have to actually invest in new equipment because Square can't afford to simply give out uh, chip readers. 
We've got uh, Andrew Langer with us today. He joins us live 25 minutes after the hour. We're uh, talking with him in this first segment about the uh, the new scheme, basically, to rip you off. Uh, there's these there's these big box stores. They've got these uh, updated kiosk computers to process sales. Retailers have allowed clever thieves to install viruses that silently rely and relay customers' credit card information back to them. Um, this is happening in all over uh, Michael's stores. We've got uh, Target, uh, Home Depot, Walmart, some of these places. Now, um, I notice also that there's these, and I don't know what they're called, but they're, uh, they're, they're little kiosks that are popping up in restaurants. Um, Olive Garden, Applebee's, places like that. Is is this the next wave, or or are these safe? Or I mean, got to break that down for me. Well, I mean, the the issue fundamentally is that the mandate of the chip and the credit card is not inherently safer uh, than the magnetic strip system. In fact, there are greater vulnerabilities because these things can be read remotely. That the kiosks and restaurants by themselves aren't bothersome, right? I mean. You know, that's just the wave of the future as the federal government uh, uh, moves to drive up the cost of having employees. Well, businesses are going to react by uh, engaging in further automation. So, yeah, you have Olive Gardens or Applebee's. We have a place on the East Coast called Genghis Grill. Uh, They do that where you have a a thing on the table that you order from. Uh, And, in fact, in many ways, a lot of consumers like that because it reduces the chance of error and it's very quick and you're not having to wait for your waitress and your waitstaff. Problem really is not with the readers themselves, but anytime these larger businesses are keeping and storing customers' financial information, uh, that's where the vulnerabilities are. And so, as we sort of go and find solutions to these problems, we have to address where the vulnerabilities are. The point of sale, especially in America's smallest businesses, the point of sale is not the most vulnerable point. It is vulnerable in places where there are a lot of readers, but that's where management has to keep a careful eye to make sure that their uh, automated payment systems are not being uh, hijacked. We've got Andrew Langer with us today. We're going to take a uh, brief time out, and uh, when we come back, we'll keep chatting with Mr. Langer. If you want to get more information, check out instituteforliberty.org or follow him on Twitter, Andrew underscore Langer. We're going to take a brief, brief time out. When we come back, we'll keep chatting with Andrew here on the World Famous Cheeky Check Wire Radio Program. Back here in a few moments. Across the country and around the world. Our guest today is Andrew Langer. He's the president of the Institute for Liberty, the IFL. They work on a variety of issues, promoting and protecting small business, linking trade and prosperity, and also tilting against the regulatory state. And in this segment, we're going to talk about the uh, the TPP, the recent uh, Obama trade, uh, is, is what it's been called. Um Give me, give me your thoughts on this, Andrew, because you do you do a lot in this sector. Uh, what 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 did you think first of all of the TPP Obama trade and all that? Well, keeping in mind that uh, Obama trade was a term actually coined by a Democrat union or organized labor activist as a way of trying to cast doubts on uh, on the Trans Pacific Partnership negotiations. I tend not to call it that. And, you know, here's the thing. The reality is we do a great deal of trade. Uh, No trade negotiation, like any negotiation, is perfect. Uh, That's the nature of the beast. 
So no side ever gets everything that they want. Um, what's interesting is uh, the TPP potentially, if ratified, opens up new markets for U.S. goods in areas that we haven't seen them open up before, like Japan. Uh, it doesn't solve some of the pre-existing issues that we have in terms of some of these bilateral trade agreements. Uh, I know the agricultural sector is not happy uh, that it doesn't solve some of the issues dealing with crony capitalism abroad and massive subsidies in terms of our trade wars. But I think, by and large, U.S. firms win out. And that being said, we haven't seen the whole thing yet. Uh, and until uh, I get a chance to review all of the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, I can't give it my, uh, my endorsement just because I haven't seen it yet. Which is interesting because with Hillary Clinton saying that she's against it, she hasn't seen it yet. So the idea that she would come out entirely against it without having actually, actually been able to read it uh, is, is kind of stunning. We have the uh, great guest with us today, Andrew Langer. He joins us here on the broadcast. Now, um, what, 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 what do you think is going to happen when this, when this gets ratified and moves forward? Well, I actually, I, I think it's very much up in the air as to whether or not the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership actually gets ratified. We're in an election year. Uh, trade issues are, are front and center. Uh, I think, you know, you've got, uh, you've got Hillary Clinton, who's against it, driving the train on the Democratic side. You've got uh, Donald Trump, who is against it, driving the train on the Republican side. And so it will be, it will be very interesting to see if it actually does go through. I think it's very much up in the air at this point in time. Uh, so this is very much not a done deal. Uh, the problem, of course, is if it's not ratified, if the U.S. doesn't become a party to the Trans-Pacific Partnership now, it means that the other dozen countries that are involved, well, they're all engaged in a free trade zone, and the U.S. is uh, effectively back to what they call in international relations status pro ante, status before the beginning, where all of the uh, all of the, the preconditions, all of the the difficulties uh, that U.S. firms faced before, those are still there. We've got a uh, great guest with us today, joining us on the telephone, the fantastic Andrew Langer. Now, with this um, with this whole thing and this and this 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 situation um, with with Obama trade, and and I don't even understand how it got that name. First of all, I just that, that just amazes me. I, I something mean, terrible. I, I mean, it's 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 really straightforward. It, it is. Literally, there's a really great article by a guy named Lachlan Marquet, who's at the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, Lachlan is a, a true blue conservative guy. Um, and, and so he did a really great story over the summer uh, about, this, about this issue. Uh, a guy named, uh, I want to say his name is Curtis, it's either Curtis Ellis or Craig Ellis. i got to just give me one second here. It's, it's Curtis Ellis, who is this Democrat activist who is in the pay of big labor, He's the one who, who coined the term Obama trade. He's the one who created the website Obamatrade.com. And I, I get it because, you know, America's labor unions, organized labor, stands for square against free trade. Um, they don't want to do anything to sort of fix the vulnerabilities in the U.S. economy that makes us a less efficient trading partner. But they do want to shut down our ability to trade with other nations. So Curtis Ellis created this website. And this was, again, not me accusing. This is the work of Lachlan Marquet, an article from June that he put together in the Washington Free Beacon. I urge folks to go and take a look at it. We've got uh, Andrew Langer with us today, 40 minutes after the hour. Now, um, as we move forward, give, give, give me your thoughts on, on where you think everything is going. 
Well, as, as we like to say uh, on my show, and I do a, I do a weekly show called The Langercast, uh, you know, we like to say the world is on fire. Um, and it, it's been interesting because in this election cycle, and with politics generally right now, the normal rules do not apply. So I've been doing this now for just over 20 years. I, I up until 2015, had a pretty good handle on how things were going, policy-wise, political-wise, but all bets are off. And so, you know, uh, things are going to get worse before they get better. That's all I can say. Well, thanks for being with us. I appreciate you making time for us today, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for being with us today, Andrew. Anytime. Appreciate it, Take my care. friend. Thank you much. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, <laughs> wake up Malcolm Out Loud, and it's a hell of a day coming up. <laughs> 